Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast from Grace Anglican Church of Grove City, Pennsylvania. Our goal in every sermon is to proclaim the bold truth of the Word of God, especially the undiluted grace of Jesus Christ. If you want to learn more about our church, check out our website at graceanglicanonline.com. Throughout history, one of the names for this Wednesday is Spy Wednesday, which actually sounds pretty sweet. <laughs> kind of brings to mind like 007 and stuff like that, but it actually has nothing to do with that. Um, call it Spy Wednesday but because this is the day in Holy Week when we remember Jesus' betrayal, the hand of Judas. This marks a tragic turn, a dark turn in the passion narrative. Turn that would eventually tread a path to two bloody trees. And as we read the story of Judas's betrayal, or at least a snippet of it, and reflect on, on this story of, of Judas, it has to come to mind, how, how could this happen? I mean, don't forget that Judas was there through it all. Judas saw every miracle. Judas saw the feeding of the 5,000. Judas saw Jesus calm the storm and walk on the water. Judas saw a Lazarus raised from the grave. He heard every teaching. He sat at the Sermon on the Mount. He heard every parable and explanation. He witnesses Jesus' rebuke and confrontation with the religious leaders. He walked side by side with the Lord. Lord that loved him. That disrobed and washed his feet, knowing full well what was in the heart of Judas. So that Judas to go down that treacherous trail with clean feet. How'd this happen? Many note that it was because of greed. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. There's reason to believe that. In John's Gospel, we are told that Judas was skimming money off the top of the collective coffer. And in the passage we just read, we see that Judas, in the shadows of night, went to the religious leaders to turn over Jesus to see how much coin he can get to line his pockets. We find out that it was 30 pieces of silver. But here's where the problem lies. 30 pieces of silver in that time really wasn't that much. I mean, there's a lot of debate, and people don't know for certain, but the estimation of its value is somewhere between a couple hundred bucks and a couple grand. If you think about it, Judas clearly gave up way more than that to follow Jesus. He would have had to have given up everything to be one of his disciples. And the reality is, is that the disciples weren't cruising around on private yachts and hanging out at the Ritz. He had sacrificed much much more than 30 pieces of silver. 
And I think that that the reason behind this is, yes, greed was there, but I think that the evidence points to the fact that he was disenfranchised. Things were starting to play out that showed that the revolution that he had hoped for was not going to come about. And the thing is, is if you think about it, you don't leave everything behind for a Messiah that you had hoped for to then throw him under the bus for the equivalent of enough money to buy a beat-up hoopty. If you still think that that man is the Messiah you'd hoped for. So I think we see Judas find an opportunity to cash in before things went awry. But also we read that it was opportunity for Satan to do what he was longing to do. In both Gospel of Luke and John, we see that Judas's greed and disenfranchisement is seized as an opportunity for Satan to enter in and solidify Judas's decision. And I want to pause the story and make one important note here is that unlike many have tried to depict him, Judas was not an innocent pawn in the greater story. Though in God's sovereignty and omniscience, he knew what was to occur and used it for his redemptive purposes. And similarly, Judas was not a passive victim of Satan's power. A classic case of the devil made me do it. Though Satan was certainly intimately involved in what transpired. And if you look at all the biblical references of Judas, you see that they always depict him as culpable for what he did. But there's also a full acknowledgement that there were many other forces at play. So Judas betrays the Lord, his friend, for a pocket full of shiny metal. And then we read later that he led the hordes himself of soldiers to Jesus. Betraying his rabbi with a kiss. Kissing him to mark to the lynch mob whom they should take. This is not the end of Judas's tragic story, for the story eventually flows down a dark path leading to two trees. We read on that Judas is filled with remorse. So he goes back to the religious leaders and tries to return the money. But they refuse it. It's tainted. It's blood money. So he throws it on the ground. And we hear that he eventually hangs himself. Peter in Acts notes that the place in which Judas killed himself was a field purchased with the blood money from his betrayal. And see, now we're uncertain, I think we are, of the final position of Judas before God. I mean, the scriptures make huddle hints towards the fact that he was lost for eternity, but only God knows. And some debate about the exact nature of the events surrounding Judas's death. Nevertheless, I think the image of Judas hanging on a tree paints a chilling, though profound, picture. A kind of dark parable. So as we reflect on the end of Judas's story, a life left in ruins, hanging on a tree because of horrific guilt that he could not pay back. 
Our minds should be drawn to the fact that in another part of Jerusalem, Golgotha sat a tree of sorts, a cross upon which Jesus hung, though he was without guilt. An innocent man that was there because of Judas. And a man that while gasping for breath cried out, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. If only Judas had went to that tree instead. When we look upon Judas hanging on the tree in a field purchased through treachery, we must all utter, there but for the grace of God go I. We have all betrayed our true king and God and have blood guilt on our hands that we cannot pay back. So scriptures say, for all have turned away. And Jesus was hung on his tree, the wooden cross, because of all of us. For it is written that it is because of our sins that he was nailed to the cross. But for those who are here, anyone who may hear this, you need to know this, that no matter how great your treachery, how heinous the crime, the sins, how haunting the guilt and shame might be, must not buy into the deception that somehow you can amend the guilt by making up for what has been done. Because you'll find that you don't have enough silver coin to ever pay it back. The stain doesn't go away so easily. And the guilt and shame and pain will direct us to the field of blood where Judas's tree awaits. The glory be to God. By his amazing grace, we do not need to enter the field bought with our blood money and wait in line to take our place on Judas's tree. But instead, we can run to the foot of Christ's tree, the cross of our Lord, and receive absolution. Forgiveness bought not with blood money, but with Jesus' own blood. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They took your life, they could not.